You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hello, people-centric leaders. So today we are going to talk about emotional beings, which I think is just humans. But the story that I have is, I don't know why I'm I'm leading this one because I don't have, I am bad at emotions. I'm bad at them. I recognize this. I have worked to, to understand them more, but I'm very bad at them. I can't identify my own. I can't identify it in others. I don't know what to do with it. I'm bad at emotions, but we're going to talk about this. Maybe my team can help me. One of the very first meetings I walked into at People Centric was a manager literally throwing things and cussing on the production floor, not just little cussing, like big, giant cussing. And I walked in tiny, you know, 28 year old me, all shiny. And I was like, wow, what do I do with this? What do I do with this person that is? literally throwing things and cussing. So then he leaves the production floor. There's several people from the production floor that are crying. And I had zero clue what to do with that. The tears threw me off so bad. I would much rather deal with the cussing. And so I went around to everyone and I just was like, I acknowledge that this happened. I'm so sorry. I acknowledge that this happened. I'm so sorry. Have a tissue. I have a mint. Would you like a mint? go get a drink of water. I didn't know what to do. So then I went into the office of this manager and I was ready to be like, bro, everyone is crying. What, why? And I went into the office of the manager and he was smiley and happy. And I was, what has happened here? What happened here? And he completely had no idea that he had yelled and cussed and screamed. And just, it just, he just didn't realize that he was doing that. He was like, I was mad, but I didn't cuss or throw anything. And I was like, um, but you did. So then we had to have a discussion about him and how he was reacting in the moment and him recognizing his emotions when I couldn't even like recognize my own emotions about the thing. It was a very emotional first day of work. That was my first day of work. So- that was my first day at People Center. I'm still here. Thankfully, Don was there. And I don't know that I would have, Don handled it in like a very mature Don way. And so, yeah, I learned a few things that day. It was my first day of work. So today we are going to talk about emotions at work and what people should do with emotions at work. Because as much as we want to say business isn't personal, it 100% feels personal because this is what we do. We spend a ton of time at work and we make it personal. We care about it. So Stephanie, we today with us, I have Stephanie Anderson. Stephanie, have you ever gotten emotional at work? Yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> surprised. Like we were talking about this going into it of like crying at work. And Diana was like, no, like, oh, I've done that. I've for sure done that before. I've cried at work and some only, maybe only a couple times over the course of my career thus far publicly, 
but several times I have been like, you're going to hold it together until you get in your car. And then the minute I'm in the privacy of my vehicle, you lose it. I like that you cry at work. I like, I like that you have the emotion. (laughs) I'm a big fan. Uh, Sometimes the range feels too wide, but here we are. So we'll talk through it. Well, it's going to be a wonderful therapy session today. We also have with us today, Philip Herzog. Philip, have you ever gotten emotional at work? I was muted because I was just trying not to cry, uh, <laughs> crying this whole episode. Uh, yeah, no, I totally have. Actually, anytime I transition, because I've always loved where I work, there's always tears. And most recently when I was leaving, one of my best friends and good coworkers, at one point I was sitting in her office and she said, and I was just paused, you know, thinking of all the work we've done and all the people we've served. And she said, are, are you crying? And, and we're very close. So I always make fun of her and pick on her. And I was like, <laughs> Yes. Yes. I'm crying. I'm a man and I'm crying. And then it happened the next day too. I was like off in a corner, just not like tons of tears, but I was just like impacted by the moment. Herzogs are criers. And uh, again, same person, same question. Are, are you crying? Yes, Katrina, I am crying. So, uh, but it's one of those things I think whatever it is honoring the moment, you know, it, it could be a good tears, right? Cause good things happen or just hard ones. And maybe it's not crying, but what, however you express your deeper emotions, it's important to acknowledge those and those totally happen in the workplace. So I think, I think that leads me to my very first question on this topic. It's kind of a big one. It's we're going to go round and round on this, but are emotions at work acceptable? And if so, which ones are, or are not acceptable? Are there any that are not acceptable? Mm. How do we start talking about this guys? What a good question. I mean, I think if the first question is like, are emotions at work acceptable? The answer has to be yes, because right. Like we cannot separate emotions from who we are as people. Otherwise we are, we're robots or sociopaths or something that's really not good. And well, and okay. Diana's making a face while I say this too. You do have emotions. You just express different ones than I do. It's true. We'll talk about that too. We'll talk about that too. Yeah. Um, like, so I think you have to have emotion, but I think there are some emotions that feel they have maybe different ways to professionally share them at work. Let's just say that. I would agree. You know, it's definitely, um, whatever end of the spectrum and there's probably, you know, the wheel of emotions we talk about, usually there's four, you're like, you're happy, you're sad, you're ang- maybe just three happy, sad, angry, and then hungry, angry. So, but the wheel is a real emotion and that happens at work a lot. That's my number one workplace emotion, but there's snacks here. So you you can help that make work out. But I think one of those two, how you present them. So Diana, your story of really intense, you know, things, even to mine, clearly my coworker, who's much less emotional than me, it was like, whoa, what, what to do, what to do. There's a a couple tears at the corner. So how to do that in a way where it doesn't shut people off and it doesn't interrupt you know, the, the work of a team getting done. And maybe there's a difference between being emotive and being hyper emotional. You know, like I, I think emoti- emotions are in, a, in the mix of both of those things. Yeah. I think the one emotion that like most frequently gets talked about in professional spaces is anger, right? Like if you were listing those and like, generally, I think number one in business, we're told like anger in any aspect is unprofessional. And then two, I think culturally in America, 
anger is generally an unacceptable emotion. To, and I think it does depend on like how you were raised in the culture that you were in. But I think a lot of us struggle with expressing anger and maybe that's a pretty repressed emotion for a lot of people. So typically when we see anger expressed in the workplace, it is those like the story, Diana, you shared of like, it is explosive. It is a volcano of anger. So maybe start there of like for you guys, and we'll each just speak from our personal experience. Like, how do you express anger at work? And because I think there is an appropriate time and place for expressing anger. I think there's a professional way to do that. So I'm curious to hear like how you guys do it. And I'll share too, but how we express anger at work and like, when would you do that and why? I'm glad you asked this because I do feel like my go-to emotion, if something is bothering me, my go-to emotion is anger. I'm instantly mad about it. Uh, and maybe it's because I don't like that I have to have an emotion about it, right? I, I just, I'm instantly mad. However, my anger isn't an explosive anger. It's more of a silent, sit on it, think about it anger. It's a cold, scary anger. And so I sort of sit and wait for the right moment to lash out and strike very harshly with my very sharp tongue. And so I've had to learn to reel that in pretty quick. Otherwise, I I have I have definitely lashed out with my tongue quite a bit. Yeah, I think that's that's the slippery one, right? Or it's like, ooh, I just said that and I probably should not have said that to you in that way with that tone or at tone is the tone for me. I could say the nicest thing ever, but sound mad because I am because I am. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, like anger at work, I find myself becoming very direct if I am angry and I will literally just tell you, you're making me very mad right now. And there's usually a point. I point my finger at them when I say the finger point. No, they know you can't. It's not like, Oh, them behind me. No, you, you are making me very angry right now. Stop. For people who are closest to me will know there's, they'll be like, Philip, you were angry because you were using your business tone. So when Philip is angry, I take all the personality out of it. And it's just, you know, it feels sterile and cold. And in my mind, that's me calming myself down to stay neutral. Cause again, so much to emote. Uh, this is better for all of us if I don't burst out the way I would want to. But then again, timing, tone, and turf of it. Those are just like things I always think about in communication. The, the timing might be right. The turf, right, might be the right setting if it's a one-on-one thing. And, but then if your tone is off, then you've, compl- you know, you've ruined the whole message you're trying to send. So probably for me most often, though, and this is maybe not always the healthiest, but I've had a lot of people listening could relate to. If I am angry, I usually think, is it worth bringing it up? You know, if the conflict is really an important thing. Otherwise, sometimes you just need to be angry. And however you deal with that, let it go. Because maybe it's not worth bringing it up and balancing that out. But if I take it home with me, that's usually how I measure if it's a big enough deal. Maybe I just need to do more work on it myself first. But if I take it home and come back the next day, and it's still like on my shoulders or in my gut, or it's still there, then I know I need, there's more work to do. And maybe that involves the other person. You know, if it's important and involves a lot of people, then definitely find a way to deal with it. But sometimes too, for myself, I just need to refresh and move on because people don't always mean for things to be as bad as I think they are, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. I liked what you just said too. Sometimes we just do need to let it go. And I think that's the hard thing that your anger doesn't want you to do always is like, sometimes it's really just not that big of a deal. Like it might be that, oh yeah, this person like just really tapped on one of my pet peeves or they said something in a way I didn't like, or they did that in a way that I didn't like it. Sometimes you do just need to let it go. Like we had a saying in our family and maybe other people have this, like, is that the hill you're going to die on? You know, and like, so I'll ask myself that, like, is it that important for me to express this to them? Or do I just need to let this one go move past it? Or is there a really specific way I could respond to that? That still feels professional and not me just saying like, Oh, are you so mad at you? I'm just so mad at you. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I sort of brought up the concept of that's anger being my go-to and how I've said that, like, I just sit on it because I know that if I did what I, you know, that go-to emotion, if I acted on that every single time, fight every day, like it's just not. And there are times where it really isn't worth it and you shouldn't put up that fight. And so that is why I think I've learned to just sit for a minute and go steely and just sit in my own anger, like just sit in it and be okay for a minute and then decide what to do with that later. I feel like you're kind of describing uh, crock pot anger, if there's a spectrum versus instant pot anger, you know, you're like in 35 minutes, there's an outburst, there's an outburst. But if that, you know, and you're like, if you don't release the pressure, it can get super dangerous. When our household first got an instant pot, I I did not read the instructions because who does that? And I was about to open it. My wife was like, do not open it because, you know, if you open it, that could have been bad. She saved my life. It's literally a bomb. It's a bomb. This is literally how people make bombs. Not that we're getting a tutorial on that today, but you get one of those old metal Instapots that doesn't have the safety feature. But isn't that like, if you, if it's me speaking for myself or anyone like on your off day, when you're feeling more like an instant pot, like that's kind of a real thing. And that'll impact your customers, your other people. Um, and just that pressure build up. You can't, I don't think to your point, Diana too, you don't think as clearly you're not as thoughtful for others. And I don't do my best work when I'm angry most of the time. Right. That's a piece of it too. But I also think on the opposite, I don't know if we have like crock pot emotions for positive things as often. Like a lot of the time in the workplace, some of the big feedback is like, I had no idea my team appreciated me or noticed the thing I did. So kind of the positive end of it too, our workplace totally has a lot of anger. Maybe we deal with it okay, but kind of curious about what you guys think about how we do with the more positive ends of this conversation or like what that could look like in a beautiful, perfect world. Yeah, I well, and I was going to say, how do you, if you know someone is, is upset how do you deal with that there how do you move that how do you do if you know I'm mad do you approach me I don't know I don't know the answer to that like is there a time and a place to say hey I recognized this emotion in you something happened can we address it yeah what I'd say is like first let's get the the don't do's out of the way, right? Like a little there, there pat on the shoulder means nothing. Or, you know, don't tell people to stop crying. If they're crying, you know, don't tell people to stop getting so upset. Don't be so emotional about that. I mean, those are kind of all the wrong ways to do it, but I think there, there is a right way. And Diana, you were kind of leading us there of like, 
when you observe someone is upset, I think the right thing to do is just to like, like a gentle ask to be invited into their space is I guess I'd say of like, it's almost like you need to knock on the door. Don't just barge through, you know, because I would say rarely are there moments in the workplace where you need to just barge through, you know, like Diana, the story you were telling, if someone is screaming, throwing stuff, that probably is a barge through the door. You don't need to be invited. This has to be shut down. But most of the time, you know, using Philip's analogy, it's like a simmering crack pot anger. There's maybe some passive aggressive things that are being said, or we can visually see someone's upset, their face is red, or they've started crying because something has upset them in the workplace. So I think the maybe to start is just like, just kind of do a gentle knock and be like, Hey, I noticed like, you look like you are a little upset right now. Can we talk about that? And like kind of ask to be invited into the space if it's not one of those like super high critical moments and say like, I'm noticing something's wrong here. Could we talk about that and allow the person to actually like express what's happening? And it may just be like, I know for me, sometimes if I'm upset, I just need a reset. Like I just need to get up out of my chair. I need to go for a walk or you know, even sometimes just like a temperature change. Like I've heard people say they'll go into their bat work bathroom and just run their hands under cold water, then hot water and cold water, hot water. And just like literally a set, a reset of your nervous system if you're upset. Um, but like sometimes people just need permission, especially if you're a manager that they can step away for a minute and process that they don't have to do that in the middle of the meeting. They don't have to do it in front of other people. And generally I would say, I think it's bad idea to, to do this in front of other people. If you need to like knock on the door. I love that. I do love that. And we've talked a lot about the emotion of anger because I think anger comes out as frustration. Anger comes out as snarkiness. Anger comes out as sarcasm. There's a lot of ways that anger and frustration come out in the workplace, but I want to take a second and address the sadness emotion as well. Cause Philip, you kind of said there's anger, sadness, and happiness. And so I wanted to like address those three big ones at the workplace. So have you got, how do you guys deal with sadness and when are those moments where you feel sadness in the workplace? I mean, just an example of this was working with a a team recently that they had been putting together a really big plan and a project of something they strategically wanted to do. And that plan hit a brick wall and they are not going to be able to do it anymore. And I mean, this is something the team has invested a lot of time and emotion into, I mean, even gotten voices from their community involved in this. And now we have hit an absolute brick wall. They are not going to be able to do it. Or if they are, it's going to be a long time, like years from now before this is possible again. And we were just talking through that and kind of having a moment of realizing like they didn't want to talk about it with the team because they're like, well, people are going to be really disappointed that we can't do this. You know, when we finally share this down throughout our organization, people are going to be so disappointed. And I kind of went to them and was like, well, I think that's okay. You know, like, I think there probably is a moment of grieving this project that organizationally we need to do here. And that like, we don't always have to rush past those emotions. You know, sometimes things do change projects change. People leave our organizations, you know, worst case is someone passes away and we need to take a moment to grieve and just process that and say like almost, you know, Diana, you talked about when we were prepping for this, the idea of like weddings and funerals culturally. So I'd love for you to say more about that, but like 
we need to almost have a funeral for this idea and say, we're all sad that it happened, but like, we don't want to live there. Yeah. I, a couple of years ago, wrote a blog about weddings and funerals as they relate to work. And Don and I talk a lot about how cultures, all, every culture in the entire world has a celebration of life and a celebration of death, right? There's every culture has their own version of a wedding and a funeral. And those things are there because humans need them. We as humans need a moment of closure to mourn the thing that has gone away and a moment of celebration to celebrate and be excited about new beginnings and new things that are coming. And we feel very strongly that, that businesses need that too. You as an employee in a company need to be able to say, I'm very sad that this thing didn't happen. I'm very mad that this thing didn't happen. I'm very upset that this didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I don't like the failure. I need a moment of a literal moment of silence to grieve, to process and to move past. And then we also as businesses and people in business need a moment to celebrate. We need to say, I am so proud of what we've accomplished, or this is going to be the new best thing. We're very excited for this direction. There's a new person. There's a new product. There's a new beginning. We need those things in our brain to sort of signify the end and the beginning, the old and the new. And we, we believe that there should be literal moments like that in companies and businesses. And that sort of leads into the like happiness emotion, right? The celebration side of it. And I'm not sure that we as businesses do enough of celebration. So how do you guys recommend and when do you recommend that sort of celebration? I would agree. I think like very few companies actually celebrate their successes very well, you know, or maybe they have this one big goal that once we hit that massive goal, we'll celebrate. There were so many moments along the way that we could have celebrated what we accomplished and what we learned and the progress that we made. So I know like one thing that I really like we do as a team, because at people centric, one of our values is impact. And so a couple of times a year, we just get together as a team for literally the purpose of sharing impact stories. We have a channel um, in our Microsoft teams where people can put impact stories. So as we work with our clients and as we're out about in the communities and our world that we can actually share These are the moments, these are the things that are happening where we're actually making a difference in people's lives. Um, We have a couple other clients who they'll, you know, start meetings with like a mission moment where somebody shares a story of where somebody on the team really lived out the mission really well, or did something that was exceptional and shared that. So I love like just building that into like your normal cadence of your work in your life is like, we just need to celebrate this more often and celebrate successes and celebrating that the work we're doing is making a difference. We're making progress toward that, that big thing we were hoping we would. I love that. I I was thinking too, just because it's, it's timely. My, I guess it would be my grandpa-in-law passed away about three months ago and yesterday would have been his 90th birthday. And what was really interesting just on this topic of of funerals at his funeral was a letter that he had written long before, you know, his his kind of season of transition had come. My mother-in-law had just found it one day, you know, cleaning, cleaning room. So she kept it for years and years. And in it, he literally wrote, you know, read this at my service. He had never told anyone, which was just communication. It could could have been, could have been clear, but they found it. So it worked out. But the letter was really cool because it kind of says all these very important things about 
his life, you know, and it's like this very dramatic setting to have it read, but it was one of the most touching, like touching ceremonies I'd ever been to. But again, kind of to your point, do we do that, you know, as organizations or just as people until like, it doesn't have to wait until the end. So if you can write that kind of whatever it is, you know, don't give flowers to people when they're gone, give them to them now, uh, make the best use of it now. So I think it could be super simple things too, instead of just the, like the phrase, good job. If that's in your vocabulary, that's not bad, but it's not great. You know, if you can make that a little better, it's like, Hey, Diana, thank you so much for putting the podcast together. The time you take making these questions elevates the experience for all of us. Like that's also saying good job, but way more specific to you. So I think in a very simple way, that's practical for all of us, like make our good jobs meaningful. Um, and then you can elevate it from there. I love those. I love those. Okay. So we've talked about anger. We've talked about sadness. We've talked about happiness. I kind of want to lean in a little bit more into how do we help in those moments? How do we help each other? How do we recognize our own emotions? Kind of lean into the conversation of what do we do when we're there? So yeah, any advice for our listeners for either when you're in an emotion or when you see someone in an emotion, what do you do with that? I mean, I think one of the best things you can do is just like acknowledge that, right? Like acknowledge you are feeling a feeling. And for some of us, that's more comfortable than others, you know, and even like for this group, even like some people are more comfortable expressing that, but like figure out how to do that in your own way and like acknowledge this. Cause like what I would say too, is some of these, like, you know, we hit three huge buckets. There's lots of feelings under anger. There's lots of feelings under happiness. There's lots of feelings under sadness. And like, so try to like pinpoint that as specifically as you can, because that'll usually help you figure out why you feel that way. And then once you know why you feel that way, then you can do something about it. So that way, if you know, like if I'm, if I'm mad at my coworker, okay, what, what am I actually feeling? Am I annoyed with them? And I frustrated, what is, am I disappointed? Like what actually is that? And then I can figure it out because if it's, well, I'm disappointed. Well, it might be because maybe there was a mistake that we keep making as a team. And I don't like that. And so that makes me upset that I see, we keep missing this stuff in the process. Well, then I could do something about it. I could go to my team and say, guys, I see that we keep missing this step in the process. And that makes me feel like disappointed that like, we aren't following what we set out to do. So I'm sure other people feel that way. What do you, what ideas do you guys have so we can do better with this? So it's sometimes just even acknowledging that it exists. Like don't try to like shove it all away and process it after work because that doesn't work. And these are things that I learned from my therapist. It's still there just because you shoved it down or pushed it away. It's still there. It doesn't just disappear, but then like dig a little deeper with that. And there's some great tools out there of like those emotion wheels or Brene Brown wrote a really cool book called Atlas of the heart, where she dives into what each of these different emotions actually mean to help give you better language to learn how to deal with all of your big, beautiful feelings. I do love that. I love those. And I do think it's more and more common for people to be able to say, I am frustrated with this. I am upset with this. I don't love that outcome. And I think the more that you say that in your organization, the more others will do that too. I do think it's a, if one person's doing it and there's no bad repercussions from it, more will do it. Right. And I think just calling it out and saying, man, I, I just think that really sucks. And I am sad by that, or I am frustrated by that and giving it 
giving the situation and emotion, I think is great. I think it moves everyone in the same direction. Yeah. With that, I think just my last thought on this, I guess, usually too, I, you know, people not acknowledging it just for the sake of acknowledging, because we can all tell if it's sincere versus not. Um, but when you genuine, genuinely care about the person who's experiencing, you know, whatever emotion it is, being able to lean into that and just like, whether it's gum or a mint or just being there, sometimes a presence is all you need to do. So just being present with them in that, I think is, is helpful and significant. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered a lot of things about emotions. Obviously this is a 30 minute podcast. We can't get to it all, but Phil, do you have any like parting wisdom for us? My gosh. I don't know. Just if you're an instant pot, be careful. And if you're a crock pot, be careful, but it, it <laughs> all, all can make good food in the end. Emotions really are helpful, right? We just they really are helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you guys have questions about emotions, if you have a certain situation, you want to talk through with us, listen to the outro. You can get a hold of us. We love hearing from you. We love getting topic ideas from you and we'll even give you a shout out if you want it. So listen to the outro. And if you need to get a hold of us, that's how you can do it. Otherwise, we will be back here again next week. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and